0: Before we kick into today's podcast, we've got some great events coming up here at the Function Well community. So we've got uh, our barley retreat, which is on May 26th. So that'll be an immersion of the Function Well, uh, holistic approach to fitness with myself. So over the seven days, we'll be covering mindset, nutrition, movement, restoration, um, the perfect place for reflection and to really prioritize your health. Uh, We've got some amazing adventures organised with half-day cooking workshop, um, which you know they educate you on the healing properties of different foods. Optional um, spiritual healer consultation, mountain biking through the rice fields and villages up in Ubud. Uh, We've got a three a.m. mountain hike to see the sunrise over Bali, as well as daily strength and conditioning sessions, and then um, yoga and meditation. So. The beauty of the retreat, you can do it at your own self-directed pace. If you feel like, you know, want a, want a massage or just chill out by the beach or pool, you can do that. Um, nothing's compulsory, but there's gonna be plenty on offer and some amazing nutrient dense food. So we've got, I believe, five spots remaining. Um, so if you wanna prioritize your health and um, and uh, have a week away, I'd love for you to join me in Bali. We've got our, uh, Mardi Gras workout down the CrossFit box which is open to uh, members and non-members so it's going to be a good fun workout so definitely register for that one, um, register for that through the Facebook event page. We've got a upcoming healthy cooking workshop with uh, Shannon of My Food Religion so that's always an amazing cooking workshop that we get incredible feedback on. So. Definitely put that one in your calendar, which I believe is the end of this month. But jump onto our website and um, you can see all those events and register. So, um, yeah, I hope to see you at one of those events coming up.
1: Welcome to the Function Well podcast, where we bring you our holistic view on fitness, covering mindset, nutrition, movement, and restoration to help you perform at your peak, not just in the gym, but in all aspects of life. Sit back and relax as your host Darren brings you inspirational members, coaches, and practitioners from the Function Well community and special guests.
0: Alright, so I'm really excited to have two special guests here today and one of our amazing coaches, Brad, and uh, his incredible client, Paul. So I've been in the fitness industry for 17 or so years now and I've been lucky to see some incredible transformations physically and and, um, obviously fitness wise and um, and then life transformations, but I'd have to say I think yours is probably the most extraordinary extraordinary one I can say I've been fortunate to witness Paul. So really excited for you to share your journey and um, the results you guys have achieved, um, and how you've done that, and um, yeah, talk about your athletic career as well because that's um, inspiring in itself along the journey you've been on. so. Um, I suppose before we get into the fitness side of things, Paul, you've got a pretty um, uh, extensive background from starting in the Air Force, so tell us a bit about your Air Force
2: days and how you transitioned from that into the IT space. Thanks, Darren. Good to be here. Uh, I started uh, the journey, I guess, for this uh, initially in rowing from school. Uh, I was able to leave school and go and and get into the uh, Australian rowing team went to the World Championships over in Europe and that was fantastic and then after that I had a choice of uh, going in the, because I wanted to fly and be a pilot so it was either go off into the Air Force uh, or go and join this new thing called the Australian Institute of Sport and hopefully on an Olympic path and uh, for various reasons I chose the Air Force path so I never got to work out what my athletic potential could have been in that regard uh, went to the Air Force, uh, did well in that, ended up uh, becoming a uh, fighter pilot and instructor of fighter pilots and fa 18 Hornets, uh, did that for 11 years, and then after that uh, went and got into the IT industry, because we got exposed to a lot of the technologies in the military that nowadays uh, are called the internet, <laughs> uh, but we got to do a lot of that in early, early days, so I was able to cross over and that make the transition to the business world, and so from Sydney uh, I worked there in some big companies there for a while and then started my own company 15 years ago, Mac Technology and uh, own and run that today and uh, we op- operate data centres across Australia and uh, the US and have clients all around Australia and the world uh, running a 24 7 business. So that's the, uh, the work career. And uh, in the Air Force? Was there competitive rowing or anything? Were you in the... They were pretty much mutually exclusive because wherever the Air Force bases were, they were nowhere near water and rowing courses. That's true. So I was able to, uh, one, one really interesting thing is uh, just about every Air Force base has two runways and they're sort of like in a pattern of a cross if you can imagine that. And right the way around all of them there's a, an airfield road that goes right around the circumference of them and I don't know how they managed it, but every one of those bases is 10 kilometers exactly <laughs> So I got very good at 10 kilometer runs, or doing six laps on the, on the push bike, doing about 60 k's on the bike. Yeah, right. So I was able to do that, and some weights through uh, my Air Force career, but uh, no rowing, unfortunately. No rowing. And then, um,
0: yeah, you transitioned into the IT space and you're an innovator in the cloud technology. That's exactly right, yeah. And um, that must have been back then,
2: a hard sell, was it? It, it was actually, time. yeah. So when I started up the company, it was um, on this thing, the internet was just starting to be talked about. Uh, Technology is called open source, and today you couldn't use a Facebook or a Twitter account or send an email without using all of these technologies. Um, but when I sort of started to use them and uh, try to sell them, if you like. Walking around Sydney, it was a pretty lonely space to go door knocking in there and then drum up the business from that. But yeah. uh, fifteen years later, it's worked, and uh, yeah, we're an internationally recognised expert in the uh, enterprise managed services space for yeah. for complex business uh, hosting an enterprise system. and enterprise systems. And yeah, good example of innovating and then
0: and being a bit of a pioneer in that space, yeah, particularly great. in Australia. Yes. Um. So then
1: uh, you rocked up here. Oh, what year was that? Three, four years ago? 2015. 15, 15 was that? Yeah. 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 Late like 2015, sort of mid, yeah, mid to late like
0: 2015. And I think you. What's that, three and a half, four years ago now? Yeah. yeah. And you, I think you started seeing Mimi, didn't you? For treatment, for yes. the physio. Yeah. And then she
2: introduced you to Brown as sort of. So the, the real thing with that, I guess, is that whilst I was going through work, uh, my body physically was just changing in its metabolism and the way its hormones worked, and, and it was uh, really out of balance. <laughs> Um, so no matter what, having come from you know, an athletic background and knowing what it means to eat well and get exercise, my body was just at opposite of that. It just it was broken, and so in the last sort of ten or fifteen years, I was just continually gaining weight and gaining weight, and there was nothing I could do about it. Um, so I finally got that treated and diagnosed, and what I needed to get done, and it was around that time where I got that breakthrough. Yeah. Um, uh, but the weight topped out at uh, two hundred and eight kilograms doing that, which is just awful. Very, very mentally depressing. Uh, but I'll sit here today, 105 kilos lighter than that at uh, 103. Wow. Uh, so yeah, more than half my weight gone and that was over, over 100. 100 kilos gone. So 105 kilos gone. Um, and sitting here now as a uh, fit master's athlete. A very fit <laughs> master's athlete, which we'll,
0: <laughs> which we'll get into. Um, but if we just touch on that, I suppose, that, yeah. you know, do you think stress played a part in, in you know, you obviously uh, we've got a lot of IT yeah. personnel in here and um, the
2: hours that they do is just... That is hard, but that wasn't really it. Yeah. It was just my metabolism was broken. So when I finally got that uh, surgical procedure that uh, changed the amount of hormones and uh, how that was going into my system and affecting my entire metabolism, it was like a whole different chemistry set result. Yeah. <laughs> Like within two or three days of coming out of the, the surgery from that I just felt like I had energy of a 20 year old instead of being weak as a kid every day. Yeah. And obviously I hadn't changed anything, I was still just recovering in the hospital. Yeah. And yet all of a sudden I've got 10 times the amount of energy and vitality. And so from that point it was just a simple matter of working with Brad and down here. Um, and uh, just continuing to eat well, but just walking and hopping on the air dine and then moving things around and, uh, just going through all of the different routine that Brad had me on, uh, and then just working our way through and just doing the the simple thing of training. Yeah. So for me that was easy. Yeah. You know, once the body knew how to uh, be the right chemistry set, <laughs> then it was just no different to anyone any other human on the planet with a normal metabolism. Yeah. You know, was just just work. And the year ahead after that, we basically dropped two kilos a week, pretty well like a straight line. and fell down all the way through. And yeah. there must have been
0: a pretty uh, liberating moment for you. To, ex-athlete and and you know fueling your body right but no matter what you did yeah hormonally you just couldn't get it it wasn't
2: it was it was pretty dark um it would but it was it was it was nothing to do with mental willpower or anything like that yeah and i've you know i've done the same mental willpower now and it's actually easier to do this than it was to to exist back then yeah there's no question about
0: your uh we'll talk about the black hole there in the (laughs) rower touch on that But I suppose just to
2: explain to people, was it leptin and your um, ghrelin that was the... Uh, Yeah, it's a very complex set of hormones the way it works. But fundamentally, um, I had a gland that was overproducing ghrelin. And that ghrelin is, people that sort of describe it in lay terms is it's when you feel hungry. So when that goes off, it makes you feel hungry and then you want to eat. But it's not just about the mental wanting to eat. That, That then affects all of your metabolism, your lower gut. Right the way up into the hippothalamus and your, hipythal- 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 and your uh, metabolism, and I- everything gets affected chemically. You know? Yeah, and uh, so when that that um, gland got cut back and it wasn't pumping out that amount of uh, hormone anymore, my whole body just started going, Oh, oh. And, and it all started to work. And, and it's a
0: prime example for a lot of people, you know, that Oh, it's easy just to eat less
2: and move more, but. Everyone's got their own unique everyone yeah. through this journey and just how hard it took take me 10 years just to get that diagnosed correctly for yeah. me. Yeah, so everyone is unique and just the only advice I would have is just talk to specialists and find a way to unlock whatever it is for you in particular if you've got a similar sort of problem because hopefully there's a solution there for it will yeah. work like mine worked. It's a good example of you know discovering root cause and yeah. getting some testing
0: done and uh, yeah and um, but yeah, hormonally, like you explained it best, it's like a chemistry set. If yeah. your hormones are out of balance, yeah. no matter what you do, you're not going to uh, get yourself in a, a no. better place no. of body composition. But you've definitely done that, mate. It's mm-hmm. not as if you just went and got this miraculous surgery and, uh, no, no. and
2: you, 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 you've... you uh, The way I describe uh, that is it just made me a normal person again. Yeah. After that, I was still 208 kilos, yeah. unfit, weak. <laughs> With muscles, just thin little bits of beef jerky, that couldn't do anything. Yeah. Uh, and then I st- then had to get to work. Yeah. And uh,
0: that you definitely, definitely did. So you started. You were seeing Mimi for some yes. physio and getting your body um, yeah. ready to, I suppose, re-enter the the fitness space again. Yeah. And you, were, you know, and I say this complimentary. I think you're fortunate to get matched mm-hmm. up with Brad. I think you know. You, perfect coach for where you're at and um, and then uh, yeah you
1: started just with some fundamental conditioning work and, and non-low bearing. Yeah not because um, Paul's knees weren't the best either so that was a couple of other operations here later on but we really started working what we could low impact wise at on, um, and some structural balance stuff as, as best as we could. Um, and it seemed to work really well. We slowly got stronger. We always had little setbacks, and they weren't setbacks in regards to he wasn't um, moving forward with his training. It was more like the knees weren't ready to take down, or uh, different things like that, operations and things like that. But we just slowly, progressively, um, progressive overload, and just progressively moved on through training programs here. So when you first started, back what was it
2: just oh, i just want to get fit and healthy and then yeah, no, i think the start of it was just um, you know survive and just yeah. become a healthy human again and lose some weight yeah so when we sort of started probably lost about maybe the first 30 kilos and was starting to feel better and i can move and i can get my heart rate up a little bit then it sort of started to get filled, filled with a little bit of hope um and then i still didn't have rowing real plans I yeah had no, my expectations were always as I said at Brad, we just try to keep them very realistic and set some medium-term goals that we could sort of work towards yeah. and then somewhere around about that time it must have been like okay, maybe I can get back on a rowing machine and just see how that goes yeah um, and just added that into So instead of walking so much because the my knees my knee caps were out of alignment so I had to have some knee surgeries as well to fix that spread set so walking and running is just too high impact for me so yeah. the, the rower is, uh on the Concept to ergo is uh, you know m- very low impact in that regard, but you can really get you know, 85% of your muscles in your body working on it, and some good cardio to strength. So we started to introduce that, and that's where you know, maybe I can get back in my rowing. Started to winter into my next set of goals. And was it a case, Brad, where you obviously I've
0: seen Paul train, and um, and we'll talk about the rowing training, but did you have to pull him back because? He was trying to get back to where he was a competitive athlete, and you know sometimes you have to pull some clients. Not at all, with
1: Paul. Paul's pretty good at listening, um, especially back then. when you were just happy to talk, talk through things, and just take things one step at a time. But I do remember one of the first things I wrote down about Paul, and he might not remember this. All he wanted to be, do is to be able to ride a bike again. Yeah. Properly, you know. You know, it was really simple. I just read that the other day, it was yeah. like. Out, you know, so you could ride down with the road, yeah, etc. Like yeah. down the um, race line, just to ride the bike next to the um, the uh, the mm. bike yeah. there. Mm. So there was something
2: simple. So it wasn't even on the radar that you'd be back backing. No, no, I haven't gone okay. into athlete thought then because at that time I was um, uh, to rowing coaching. Yeah. So I was the coach of the. Uh, uh, I just come. I think around at the time. I just come back from coaching the Australian four over at Rio. Yeah. Yep. and uh, coaching the, the Queensland team here as well, yep. the you know, Kings Cup team. So I was still coaching and riding the push bike alongside the race course when they raced was one thing I wanted to be able to do. Um, but I hadn't yet thought of, maybe I could be a Masters athlete, no. maybe that, was <laughs> yeah, that was to come. Yeah, to come, And uh, so about the
0: first 30 kilos that you lost, is that when the competitive juices started to? Uh, it started um, to, yeah. You know, and, and I guess some of the other Masters rowers
2: that were down at the same rowing club we go to, they're the best in the country and many of them are world champions at the moment. So yeah. I'm, I'm around a very good group, and they sort of started to see me transform and get fitter. And then I started getting a few taps on the shoulder just come for a right row with us, Paul. Yeah. And uh, that then started planting the seed and then hopping on the ergo a little bit. And, yeah. and uh, it all sort of just built, but in a, in a calm fashion. We didn't yeah. rush it at all. Yeah. yeah. I was ready. And mm. the fleet was switched and the monster was created. And, yeah. And then <laughs> it would have been probably about, I don't know, 130. 135 kilos somewhere around about then I thought it started to get fairly serious and started doing some decent training on the ergo and at that point I thought okay uh, and was it was really to make a choice of do I keep doing another season of coaching yeah. or do I give this a go? So the next big decision was okay I'm going to hang up my stopwatch and pick up an awl and I'll give it a go for a season and if it turns out that my body just can't handle it or I have spine issues or anything I thought okay well Maybe I can do some modified form of rowing into the future and just keep fit and enjoy it, yeah. but keep go back to coaching. So that was the next big decision, uh, but we've never looked back. Yeah. <laughs> and what year was that? That would have been a year and a half ago. So I've, I've, I've completed one series, maybe two. So I've completed one full season as a masters rower, and I'm just in halfway into the second season now. And uh, that first season, you yeah. probably exceeded. Did you exceed your own expectations? De- definitely exceeded all expectations. Yeah. That was fantastic. Yeah. But even your own deep down? Oh, you, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And so tell us about those results when we okay. so, actually uh, So, again, the, uh, the group that I'm with, where we train out of Toowong Rowing Club, is absolutely fantastic. Um, the coach that we have there is a guy called Terry Mulligan, uh, and he's just absolutely world class. Uh, ironically he coached me when I was in that first fall that that 30 years ago he was wow. my coach and now he's is my coach still. still. Yeah. And his knowledge is just phenomenal. Wow. So it's been very special to be able to come back and be coached by him. Yeah. That's, that's a very important part of it. Um, uh, there's another excellent gentleman there who sort of took me under his wing. He's 10 years younger than me. Uh, he's an absolute weapon. He's, a, he's the best, best in our squad in terms of strength, fitness in many regards and uh, maybe he saw perhaps some potential in me, um, but he basically nursed me along for a while and sort of got back into it. And so we do that through the winter. We're rowing in what's called a pair, where each of us have one rowing oar and it goes out to the side of the boat. And then the two of you in this little thin boat that only weighs um, nothing, (laughs) it's very hard to balance. And so in rowing, you've got to be able to put um, every bit of physical exertion you can right to the verge of consciousness but do it with skill and balance that's just phenomenal. So to be able to sort of through six months get to a point where I could execute that with him and then a year ago almost to the day we go out to our what they call our uh, time trial selection event where everyone who wants to be in the, uh, the Queensland Masters 8 yeah. um, Lines up in pairs, and we all go down the course, and then the fastest times get selected into the crew. And so I, my goal, as I said to Brad, was I just wanted to present credibly for this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and James and I go in our pair, and we got the quickest time, uh, which was amazing. And uh, so you obviously. So from that got got uh, that was well and truly exceeded expectations. From that we were selected straight into the uh, the Queensland eight. Um, and we go off to Tasmania in that, in the Nationals, and uh, we win, get the gold medal in that, beating the other states. Uh, and so that we did with my first season back, and we also do a number of club events and gold medals in many other boats as well, so I mm-hmm. we had a fantastic first season back. Mm-hmm. And yeah. uh, you feel as though you're even better now in your second season in? Definitely, yeah. yeah, and I think it might only, it, it's still going to be several years before I even start to get close to Sort of my potential, I think, and then maybe I'll just start getting older and get slower after that. But <laughs> the apogee is still definitely on the way up. Yeah, and it's a prime example with that. You know, people
0: think, oh, after you get over 40, your athletic career is done and you can't
2: improve your fitness. No. But I've come, literally come from let's say two years ago, no strength, no fitness, well, and, and having to take you know 100 kilos off to now. Um, completely fit, able to perform at that sort of level uh, and heart rate zone and everything is very healthy. So I've got uh, just simple maths, so I my resting heart rate at the moment is about 42, 43. Which is my consistent. maximum heart rate is uh, about 183. So that's the sort of range that I can get out of it now. Wow. Um, and it would have been, I wonder what your resting heart
0: rate was when you were at two hundred. It, it was 80 something, yeah. 85 or something like that I think. Yeah. Wow. So half my resting heart rate yeah. basically. Uh, and then, uh,
2: so this year you're you've, uh, back in the... the, so the yes, we've just, yes, we've just finished the, the selection event again. We we're again the fastest pair. Um, so we have back, started our training again in the Queensland 8 again, which we obviously want to win that. And um, so we're all focused now on Queensland titles. Um, the state championship titles are coming up in a few weeks, and then after that, in 10 weeks from now, we go to uh, the national titles, which is in Perth this year in May. And then after that, we're going to do a uh, some cruise to a world event, which is uh, in Henley in the UK, mm-hmm. and that's the hundred year anniversary of the uh, the King's Cup at the end of uh, World War One. Wow! So we're going over there to race in the, uh, the Masters crew over there against the rest of the world in that. So hopefully, mm-hmm. that'll, that's my that's my this year challenge. Yeah. yeah. And then we're when's that? What month? Yeah. Uh, that's uh, middle of the year, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. about June July. So that's the, the medium term to get through nationals and, and go over to the UK and race that. And so when is that nationals? Nationals in May, right. 10 weeks. So that's yeah. not far? No. So uh, walk us through the, the, the training, training program. Training program, yeah. Well, so, uh, I guess the short version would be is um, uh, 10 sessions a week. Uh, I do five rowing sessions, three weight sessions with Brad, and a physio session with Mimi. And so, I've just found that that routine is uh, absolutely what we need to do. To, well, it to, to be working. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so when you say five
0: rowing sessions, yes. are they all on water or some on ERG? No, they'll like, either all be on the water or four four will be on the water and one will be on the ERG. Yep. And then in terms of your gym session Brad, what are you sort of programming so sort or periodising towards? To
1: periodising. So there's a lot of relative strength work at the moment. We have to deal with a lot of like just little niggles here and there, so we have to Back off a little bit and then um, proceed forward with our uh, periodisation. But yeah, a lot of relative strength now. And probably at start of the year, we just started sorry, the end of last year, we just started introducing Olympic lifting. So that's been a real um, big change for him mm-hmm. to go from, you know, little weights um, as such in regard to knowing how to push weights, lift weights, to now Olympic lifting, which has been quite. Quite good. Yeah. I think he, he's actually transferred to it quite well because of the rolling strike. Yeah, yeah. At first, the first time I got him on a barbell, I was like, "Wow, look at that! You know, it's all there. So it's just the little things you now." I seen some uh, explosive hang power cleans on the gym floor. <laughs> oh, okay. was that a
0: Monday
2: or Tuesday? Yeah. On Monday. Yeah, yeah. they're looking yeah. nice. Yeah. Good. Yeah, yeah, and, uh, but, uh, but when Brad talks about niggles, it's more in the recovery. It's the way the specialist told me is that my muscles, as they get stronger, will be about six or twelve months. So six or nine months ahead of where my tendons are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So quite often I'm building tendon strength and how that connects to bone or connects to muscle. That's yeah. where I'll get the niggly. Yeah. Um, it's not so much. I haven't really had any problem with any muscle. No. And, and um, the tendons take the longest to recover as yeah. well yeah, you know. So, so, um, so we're always just being careful and moderating around that. Yeah
0: so. and um, and then uh obviously you've got
2: three three children? Three children, yeah three, three adult children, children. Uh, yeah. all three um, finishing off their first and second degrees. Right. So uh, at, at a point at the moment now where we don't have the school runs. Gotcha, right. <laughs> so well, so yeah, it's, that's allowed some of the time so yeah most days it's sort of up at four am, and then I sort of get to work by ten am. So that's pretty much the daily routine. Yeah. In and, training. And uh, yeah, cause
0: I was thinking. You know, I know you've got a big business, yeah. three children, but yeah, they're all sort of young girls now, so it makes that's right. the the timing perfect. I suppose. Yes, that's yeah. yeah.
2: And uh, yeah, up at four am, even in winter. Yes. <laughs> on the yeah, water. Yeah, four am on the the water in the middle of winter. That's a yeah. problem, but. This year I did the Noosa triathlon, so I actually did yeah. some swimming in the uh, the university pool at 4, 4.30 in the morning. Now okay. that's cold. <laughs> at yeah. least in the rock boat we can wear some, some long two and and some skins did, and keep a bit warm.
0: Did you uh, have any um, turnovers or falling out of the boat when you were getting back into it? Oh yeah, had a, I've had a couple of swims <laughs> in the river, <boot, laughs> I yep. Yeah, Yeah, that was an injury yeah. in the outlook. yeah. Yeah, so
2: yeah. Yeah, the Brisbane was not that much fun before then. Nah, but nah. I, I've done that. <laughs> yeah.
0: um, so going back to, I suppose, the, the mental side yeah. that you have, and I think I'd like to say that I train hard and like to say so I push myself and uh, you you do pride, you do. pride myself on, on that, but yeah, you're a different animal with what you explained to me in the, the rowing test um, that you do and I was asking about the intensity you go at and, you know, hold pace and whatever else. And you spoke about black tunnel and, yeah. um, you on the verge of passing out. Talk, talk us through the,
2: the level that you push yourself. Well, I'll give it in the context leading in front. it was like flying the Hornets. So we used to call it G-induced loss of consciousness. So when you're actually under high G-forces, we would go six, seven times the force of gravity. So imagine if you were all the blood in your head is Pulling down in your body as it's being pulled out in the force of gravity in a tight turn. When that happens and your eyes don't have enough oxygenated blood to them, you actually lose your periphery vision and it will actually go from color to black and white in a very thin, it's almost like you're looking through a toilet roll tube, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, so in a, in a rowing race or an ergo test, when you're really pushing yourself that hard, your body's asking for so much of whatever oxygenated blood you've got I actually find I get the same experience. So my my vision, my muscles are wanting all the oxygenated blood and they go, well, we don't need eyes to get you down the rowing course, so we'll take some blood away from them. So, yeah, I get the sort of the tunnel vision down and because I've been sort of used to flying, I can work out. I almost push myself in a race about how much vision I have or haven't got. And I listen to my body that way about where it's it's sitting right on the very edge. Um, And that's sort of what the hardest of rowing races are like. And uh, that's uh, an insight into your uh, mental sort of it's, it's a, it's a yeah, high performance rowers, it's, it's very common, but they sort of nickname it the pain cave, or <laughs> <So you're all laughs> there's, there's, yeah, everyone's a bit of a lunatic in that sport. to... Um, to, to, to uh, that said, when you actually test yourself in that sort of a, a position, and there's no other test like it on earth. There really isn't yeah. as far as your mental commitment. And it's not just you. You'll be rowing with two or seven other guys you know, in a boat. Yeah. And all of you have to be at that level exactly timed, You know, rating 40 strokes a minute. So almost uh, you know, every second you're almost taking a stroke or a bit over every second you're taking a stroke. And all that has to be an exact precision with everyone. Uh, at that level, it's uh, quite a quite a level to get at when you can actually do it with people like minded with you and achieve results it's a very special rare moment and that the camaraderie must be huge yeah, in yeah. it to, is that, that forms bonds that yeah. last lifetimes and some of the rowing relationships go multi-generation they really do it's very very rare yeah and um so what would be leading up to
0: nationals yes. Nationals coming up in, in may yeah. what's um you,
2: rowing on the water sessions or erg sessions what yeah. would be uh so, over the course of a week what would you yeah sure so we've, we've we do a periodization based program so up until a month or so ago we were doing a let's call it a four weeks periodization cycle uh, where from the light week to the extreme week we would have about a 30 percent variance in aggregated volume and most of it would be what we would call base endurance or just in the threshold anaerobic threshold level so it's really building out the base, base fitness. Yep. And then think of that as the base of the pyramid. So what we're now doing is we're going into anaerobic uh, and uh, VO2 max sort of work. So just to so explain that to people is, mm, I suppose
0: the anaerobic yeah. is uh, generally without the presence of oxygen, it's yes. really, we're,
2: we're, uh, it's the battery acid in your legs. Exactly, the, that's the uh, one. Yeah, the yeah, you're can zone. you're so at an intensity level where your body can't process that out and get yeah. it out, so it builds up. You, yeah. yes. And then the VO2 max is your yeah, absolute maximum sprint and how much, how I many liters of oxygen can you actually get through your system and teaching your system to get that oxygenated blood in at, yeah, within a few beats of max heart rate. And what's the VO2 max test you do? Uh, so at the, there, there's some specific tests that we can do in the Institutes of Sport and, and actually do the blood tests yeah. and that sort of stuff. Often it's on an ergo machine where you'll put yourself in a stress zone and then you'll get the little blood test out of your earlobe. Um, the younger guys in the uh, you know the Olympics and the world Champs level tend to do that these days and write up the highest sports science. Yeah. Uh, us in the masters, we sort of just go hard, <laughs> <laughs> and but we know what the level that it's at. So yeah. training at the moment is doing short, shorter, more intense pieces, much more like race work. And some of the training sessions are far more fatiguing than any race. So that we, we're really sort of stretching that. So we call it sort of an overspeed. Yeah. Yeah. So, that when we come to the race, we're sort of able to process the lactic and able to get the oxygen through the body right at that peak level. So, if anyone wants to do one of your
0: um, sessions that you're doing yeah. on the, uh, in, well, say, the overtraining sort of period yeah. or for on the uh, what would that be? Yeah. On an erg session in this peak sort of mm-hmm. anaerobic zone training, what, what would a session be? Or okay. I can do it later and yeah. I'll watch. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: Um, so we'll probably start with 20 minutes at, um, straight, uh, yeah. So most, so we do uh, that's the warm, up. Yeah, so 20 minute warm up piece, um, what we call rate 18 and a split probably, um, I don't know, about 155 or something like that. Yeah. Uh, so that's really just getting your heart rate at about mid one forties something like that and just really pushing that out uh, that gets you all nice and warm and safe uh, and then into the sort of the sprint pieces they might be 20 seconds on 40 seconds off or they might be um, you know, one and a half minutes on uh, or 20 seconds off we sort of do that sort of work. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's many words around for it. Fartlex another one. Um, but we sort of try to do it where it's a combination of um, what makes sense in the boat, we're changing rates and aligning to race pieces. Yeah. So, for example, we've got um, uh, some this weekend, we will basically be doing uh, some 40-second pieces, some one-minute pieces, and we'll intersperse that with some low-endurance pieces to sort of recover, yeah. and get some base volume in, and then we'll, the last piece this Saturday is going to be the first two minutes of the race. Um, but the races normally go for about three to three and a half minutes. And so what distance are you travelling in that? Uh, so the races are one kilometre yeah, that kilometer. we do, but the training that we do is normally about 17 kilometres a day. Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, you're playing with those different energy systems and improving yes, right, your yeah. sort of front end power, yeah. your lacto endurance, yeah. all that yucky stuff. Yeah, so we just do a combination of what time do we do at what rating <laughs> yeah. and we just play around with that, we call them pieces. Yeah. so we might do an hour and a half on the water but there might be five there might be 10 15 different pieces that we do to sort of keep us entertained and give us something to a structure to work to while we try and yeah. go up and down the river doing that yeah so the rowing session
0: if you want to do it a bit later is just start with a 20 minute warm up the and then and then the real work begins. Yeah, and then you really start to work yeah i'm pretty sure my heart rate would be at 140 yeah. After about two minutes alone, little over twenty minutes of it, um, and then uh, I suppose how do you when you look yeah. at the overseas for the yeah. the King's Cup the the travel and yes. all those sorts of things. That's um, obviously when you're uh, competing for Australia at the uh, um, at the AOS or whatever. But in masters, it's a week yeah, yeah, I haven't done
2: it yet, but um, the guys that I'm with have. I mean. So, they'll they'll definitely know how to do it. So, I'll be the new guy in the squad, learning, just following their lead and taking their advice. uh,
0: They've been there, so they'll have all the training mapped out and how long before you get over there. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And then I I imagine there'll be a few celebratory sort of (laughs) drinks after a a big event like that. I hope so. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, they're well deserved. Um, And uh, so, how long do you think you'll stay in the uh,
2: competing? Oh, probably at least two or three decades. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's, there's, honestly, I was down at the train this morning. There's a guy there who's, there's one guy who's 20, there's one guy, there, an ex-wallaby fullback, who's 11, 12 years older than me, uh, Roger Gould. There's uh, other guys who are um, 71 and 72, and they were down there all doing their weights and stuff this morning. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, these are guys, what, 22 years older than me, and These guys are current world champs in their age group, you know, and national champion every time they go, so yeah. it's, a, it's a great sport. And they're not even the oldest ones, sort of in the rowing community. Wow. So it's definitely a, a low impact sport that you can do well into your 70s yeah. and 80s. There's a guy down there training at home, and he goes in his single skull, uh, and he's 80. Wow, uh, and he's bloody good, he's a little tough bugger, but he's a Fantastic, and every now and then, when he's not rowing, he goes into salt sail solo around the world. Oh, goodness! So it's uh yeah, it's a it's a sport that you can do that for that long. So yeah, I definitely plan to do it as long as I can. I can do it. And uh, yeah, like you said, there's like models there who who you know I wouldn't even even if I do that, it won't be extraordinary because yeah. they're already there doing it. Yeah, and uh, it's just
0: having the. Uh, the mental side I suppose because your body can keep rowing because yep. it is low impact like you said but it's having that that mental fortitude to still want to be competing at that age which is which is very admirable so um and then uh Brad in, in terms of your uh experience training clients have you encountered anyone with Paul's sort of mental um application and just Focus, like mean, you just see when he walks in, he's just he's here to focused. get a job done, not here.
1: You know. Paul is definitely here to do a job, and uh, he snaps out of that sometimes, which just quite interesting. He probably doesn't know that at times he'll be so focused and he snaps out of it and he's talking about something else. But he's a very focused person, um, and like you said, Admiral, Admiral yeah, yeah, and um. Well, mate, we're uh,
0: very grateful to have you in here at Function Well and uh, I really, you know, hope people will, you know, if anyone is struggling with, you know, improving their health, or they think, oh, I'm, you know, over forty, it's too late. Um, you know, my my mum, for example, um, well, she's older than yourself, but I'm too old now. It's like you're not too old. I mean, you know, this is where you get the most out of it. And, um, but you know, your story of being at 216 kilos? 218. 208. 208, yeah. You could have, you know, said, oh, it's, uh, it's all too hard. Mm-hmm. and uh, But, you know, you kept digging and digging until you found an answer and then turned it all around. So I suppose it's a yeah, great story and um, not only turned it around to get your health back, but mm-hmm. to really take it to another level and compete as an athlete. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it's an incredible story. And I
2: suppose it would you know, finish with anything that you could pass on to anyone. Um, yeah, probably just two things if I think back on. One is, don't give up on finding what is the thing that is unique to you individually. It could be mental, for me it was physical, but it could be something. So find what that is and then when you've got something that you can work on, surround yourself with great people who are going to support you. Yeah. So my family were fantastic, my son brought me in here on my very first talk to you guys about coming down to the gym. Um, so, Did it actually yeah, came, came with me when we sat down out there and filled in the membership form. So, yeah. way, uh, Getting the the right support around you and just talking about it was really important. Um, the whole Function Well experience here has just been fantastic. Wonderful business, really good culture, really good people around everywhere. All supportive, all the coaches, um, and in particular, uh, uh, Mimi from the um, Physique Physio. She's um, she is absolutely outstanding. Um, she's been uh, a key part of my success as has Brad uh, so I, I fondly refer to Mimi and Brad as my pit crew <laughs> or my entourage and couldn't have done it without either of them you know? and, uh, and they're definitely absolutely part of wherever we go so to me it was um, you know, every part that I've been able to achieve is is, is uh, equally tributal to them just like any coach that you've gone so one, one very special thing for me was to um, when I went and got my first gold medals, I got one to Brad and one to Mimi. Now
0: I, uh, as you were talking about, and thank you very much. That means a lot. Uh, and Speaking dearly about uh, function well and and where I, I went, I've got to you on the podcast. Is I was getting a treatment from Mimi, and um, and we're just talking about different results people have achieved, and and uh, obviously your name came up, and she proudly showed me the gold medal and. The beautiful frame yeah. and a picture and uh, you before and after picture. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And uh, and uh, that that was really special and yeah. when Mimi showed me that. I was like, wow. And um, and yeah. So I suppose it's um what I sort of say to people is, you yeah, definitely discover root cause and whatever else. But we have four pillars here at Functional: mindset, nutrition, movement, restoration. And you know it's hard to have you know an A in all of those four pillars, but if you do pretty well at all of those you get a B plus absolutely. and um, and you know you start with often addressing the mindset and
2: then you know if we can. Well it's the, the, one, one, the one place I've been at the company Darren and it's all here ah. yeah. <laughs> it is. And, and it's absolutely work so. Ah well that's yeah. great to hear. Very very, very unique and a, and a fantastic place to come. Thank you and uh, mate we wish you
0: all the best for your upcoming um, Nationals and yeah. then off to, to worlds and uh, yeah I just can't wait to keep watching the journey and uh, keep seeing you guys achieving the great results together and who knows with the uh, power cleans could be a little bit lifting next. <laughs> 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 no thank you for coming on mate. Appreciate it. Thanks Brad. Thanks. John.